Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. I'm wearing my We Love Levine t-shirt, and they're giving me a hard time because what's the deal? It's not the uh, barbecue, the Levine barbecue. Why are you wearing your Levine, We Love Levine t-shirt? And the reason why I'm wearing it is because Levine needs some love. Amen? Yeah. It's been a tough week. It it has been a tough week as we look at uh, the death of a police officer. And and, and when I think of the, the, the love that Levine needs, I think of that officer and his family needing our love. And, and so we go up and we pray. As a matter of fact, let's do that right now. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we come to you today on behalf of the family of David Glasser. And Lord, this prayer is so heartfelt because when he was shot and when he was killed, he was protecting us. And, and specifically, the, we know, Lord, this happens way too often uh, with people that, that serve us. But specifically here, when it's in the city of Levine and it's so close to home, it just it hurts our hearts. And so we pray for his family, his wife and his children. We p- pray for the police officers who continue to protect us. And, and we just ask that you would bring, to the extent that you can, and, and that's possible, that you bring healing. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about what would Jesus do if he were here today? And it would be so much better, wouldn't it? Because I I see in my mind that Jesus coming and him going and touching the officer and and telling him, you're healed. And him getting up and, and being healed. But I think that would only be half of the Bible story. Because I think he would also go to the young man who shot him. And he would also say to you, to to him, be healed. And I have to believe, I have to believe on some level that Jesus would have a conversation with this individual and, and try to delve in and see to what extent, what causes this to happen. Those are answers we're never going to have, and it's a, a resolution we're not going to have either. But my t-shirt, and I think if you have one like it, it says, we love Levine. And here's the, here's the deal that's so hard today for me is that David Glasser is part of Levine through our law enforcement, but so is the guy who shot him. And, and it goes against every fiber of my being because my dad was a police officer. And especially when I see things like this, the, the individual that, that does it, I don't want to love them. I want to hate them. And a part of me is happy with the way that, that, that it played out and that we don't have to deal or, or be afraid of him anymore. But we love Levine. And Christ loves Levine, and so does God. And you know what? There are still a bunch of individuals in our community in that age group, maybe in that demographic, I don't know, that are hurting. And because we love Levine, I I feel like we need to do something about it. 
I also love Levine, the community. And, and for that reason, I, I want to do something about it. And as a community, we've been mourning, and every time I drive by Baseline over there by 48th Street or 48th Ave over there where, where they have the memorial set up, that memorial is set up for the family and for the officer, but it's also set up for us. Every time I drive by there and I see the police officer parked there and I see the balloons and everything there, I just, I mourn. I just do as I go by in my car. And it's, it's what our community does because we hurt. So Phil and I were talking last night, Phil Bischoff, our outreach person. And I just said, Phil, what are we going to do? I mean, I, th- we got to do something, dude, don't we? I mean, what, what, what can we do to help? And I think a good place to start for the family, if you haven't already, is a gift to the 100 Club. For, f- because the reality of it is, this is not the police, first police officer to have died uh, while on duty. And all you need to do, especially this time of year, hopefully you've noticed from Memorial Day, they have the the firemen and the police officers, those public officials who have died serving us. Just look at the street polls. Slow down a little bit. Look at those polls. There's so many people. And how long is it going to be until Dave Glasser is just another picture that we put up once a year for Memorial Day that slowly gets faded year after year? We need to remember, and we need to remember the families, and we need to take care of them as well. So that's the first thing I would encourage you to do is give a gift. Give a gift to help the family. I would also encourage you to help the community heal. On Thursday night, at, I believe it's at 7 o'clock at the Safeway parking lot, there's uh, going to be a, a little bit of a march and vigil. I don't know exactly what's going on in it f- for sure, but it is a way that also our community can, can come together, can, can go over there and remember this. And, and as we move forward, uh, see what needs to happen that we work together so that this can stop. But when I was talking to Phil, I'm like, Phil, that's not enough. That is not enough. I feel like I am, I don't know, maybe this is why people do the car washes or people go at 51st Avenue and Baseline and get a jar and collect money or whatever because you want to do something. Well, today as we, we look at the book of Ruth, I think this is a wonderful message to show us what we can do. Because this is about Ruth's humble service. Ruth was with a woman that was beat up by life. When you look at, at, at and, and there's so, we're going to make these connections a little bit later, but when you look at, I, I started by talking about Levine, wanting to love Levine and, and helping because Levine is hurting right now and, it's, and the families are hurting and the black eye. Well, I'm telling you, Naomi was hurting. As we found out in chapter one, Naomi had lost her husband, which is bad, but then to lose your sons. How, how difficult that would be, which was not only the, the emotional connection, but there was a, a physical dependence on her, on her sons and on her husband. They were going to take care of her for the rest of their life, and now that wasn't going to happen. And so I want you to picture in your mind for a moment what Ruth looks like. 
okay? Picturing what Ruth looks like, I don't know what Ruth looks like. But, but if you look at her, okay, see, you can see her, and you, can you see the shirt she's wearing? It says, I love Naomi. <laughs> Sweet shirt, Ruth, nice. It says, I love Naomi. And so when, when all of these happened to Naomi, Ruth thought to herself, I love Naomi, what can I do? How can I help her? I know, I know what I can do. I can, I can encourage her by making a promise to her. That's what happened in chapter one. Wherever you go, Naomi, I'm going. Your God's going to be my God. Naomi, you are never going to be alone. As long as I'm here, we are going to do this together. But now chapter two is just as important. And the reason why chapter two is so important is because on days like today, when an officer dies and it's fresh in our minds, we want to do something immediately. But in a month, in a year, in 10 years, as our memories fade and and we, we say, you know what, it's not my problem anymore, that it's at that time that we need to remember not only the promise, but just as important as the promise is the follow through, which is what this lesson is all about and why it's going to be so helpful for us as we start to answer the question, how can I love Levine? How can I show love to this officer's family? How can I show love to the, the, the young people of our, our community who would in desperation shoot a police officer? How can I love Levine as a community and help this place to be a better place by virtue of the fact that I live here? Keep that in the back of your mind as we go forward. We start with Ruth chapter 2. And we're in verse 2. And Ruth the Moabite, remember they're going into Jerusalem, but she was from, Mo, or going into Bethlehem, but she's from Moab, which is, a, she's a foreigner in this country, said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain uh, behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and entered a field and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz. Okay, we go back, and, and as we go through this lesson, what I'm going to do is go through a couple verses at a time. I'm going to share with you information you might not know, and hopefully it'll make you understand the story more, and then we'll get to points where we'll make some applications. So the first one is, is that at the time of Ruth, there was no welfare system, okay? That, that did not exist, And what God did to help people who were in need is he made a few laws. And one of them was in the book of Leviticus, if you want to look it up, chapter 19, verses 9 and 10, where he he talks to the people of Israel about their harvesting practices. And I I don't know if you've ever noticed fields uh, when when they're planted, but but sometimes when you go by a field, you know, the rows are really nice, but then when you get towards the edges of the field, it's kind of like that maybe the corn or whatever is not quite so high, and I don't know if it's from the planter or it's not getting the water. You know what I'm talking about? You with me? Yeah? Okay. Well, God, God told them, when you harvest your field, don't harvest those areas. Instead, this is what I want to happen. is I want you to leave those areas for people who are 
jobless or, or homeless or, or maybe foreigners from another land, that is going to be our welfare system. And what they can do is they can go on your land in those areas that you're not going to harvest and they can get something to eat. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is when you do harvest your grain and you're down there and you're cutting it maybe with a sickle or, or with a sigh, uh, that you're, you're cutting it and you pick it up and you bundle it, that after you bundle it and you take your bundles away, we're also going to let those people who are, are, are hurting, who don't have financial means, we're going to let them come into your fields and take whatever you drop. So after you harvest, don't go through a second time. That is for, for people who are hurting. And so when you think about that, I, I try to think that, about that in terms of today, jobs we might have. Okay, And so Ruth is asking, Ruth is asking Naomi, Naomi, please let me go do this job. And at first I thought it might be like, I don't know if this is the way in your house you do this or not, but the rule I have is when I do laundry, if I find any money in the dryer, it's mine. Okay, just so we're clear. And that is how I get paid for doing the laundry. Yeah, you with me? And I thought, okay, so that's kind of what Ruth is asking. Ruth is asking uh, to do that. So she's going to go help, and she's going to work, and, and she's going to get what comes out. And then I thought, you know what? That is not, that's not a good example. Here's a better example that might capture it. And that is, if we allowed people in the Fry's parking lot who picked up change that people dropped either as they were, were paying for their uh, groceries. So the deal would be that if you were paying for your groceries and you've dropped some change, and, and you're like me, looking down at it going, do I want that penny that bad? Uh, that you're thinking, you know what, that someone would be over like by the wall and they would run over and they would pick that up and they would be theirs. Or they could do it in the parking lot too when I'm getting my keys and drop some change. Yeah, we'll, we'll let them have that money. And then I thought, okay, maybe that, or maybe, maybe this is the one. Collecting aluminum cans. That, that, that is the job that, I think that one captures it the most, that Ruth was asking Naomi, can I go collect aluminum cans for you? And I want you to think about what, when you see someone collecting aluminum cans, what goes through your mind about them? And I have to believe it's not positive. And, and, and I'm, I'm assuming you're saying, oh, he must have quit his job as a lawyer so he could just collect aluminum cans, make a little more money. No. My point is this, is that when it comes to service, and as we begin this conversation, these jobs that I'm talking about, no one wants to do. And the reason why is we have in our society, big time, there is such an arrogance about work. That, that when you look at it, there are, there are people that, that need a job, and you, you must have heard people tell, tell you this before, I'm not going and working at McDonald's. And, and you know what Naomi's answer to that, or Ruth's answer to that was? I'll dumpster dive at McDonald's. 
That's what I'm willing to do. That's how I'm willing to serve. That's the desperation because I need to fulfill the promise that I made to take care of you. We need to understand this, first of all, because instead of considering yourself as Ruth, you need to consider yourself as Naomi because that is how you have been served by Christ. Jesus himself said, even the Son of Man, talking about himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So the way that Jesus served you was was not by gleaning in the field. It wasn't by going picking aluminum cans. It was taking a beating that you deserve because of your sin. It was by giving his life that God demanded as a payment for your sin, Jesus made on your behalf. The reason it's so important to start here is because when you have been served like that, when you have been loved like that, that is when you have the opportunity to show that type of service. So now Jesus has his t-shirt. And his t-shirt is, I love, I heart the world. I think he has one too that says, I heart Dan Salofra, not sure. (laughs) Except with his, maybe it's not the heart, maybe it's just I and a cross, Dan Salofra. I have news, he's got one for you too. And, And that heart and that cross for him are interchangeable because that's how he served you. And as we go through our lives, we have to understand, too, these are interchangeable for us. And it's not the cross that we die on, but it's a cross that we carry. It's the service that we have. Maybe the heart, but it would also be some hands of what we're willing to do because Christ has loved us and served us first. In the blank, you can write, Ruth asked Naomi for the privilege of serving I don't know if the key word there is serving or privilege, but both are important. And for us to recognize that it is a privilege for us to serve our Savior who has served us, and now it's also a privilege for us to serve others out of love for what Christ has done for us. Even jobs that stink. Even jobs that we don't want to do. Because I guarantee you, Ruth was not asking this because she wanted to do it. Ruth was doing this because it needed to be done. And it was the way that at this time, Naomi needed to be served. We go on, and and now we're going to to turn our attention a little bit from Ruth. So, So now we have Ruth who's going out to this field. Now we're going to be introduced to the owner of the field, and his name is Boaz. Just then, so she's out in the field working away. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Stop right there for a minute. Could you imagine that at work? Is that the way you, when you get to work and your boss comes in that you say, God bless you, boss. Bless you too, buddy. (laughs) That is now the official crosswalk office greeting. Jeff, the Lord bless you, bud. All right, right back at you. I want you to think about that. We, we look at this, and, and for, 
And this is in the field, okay? So we understand that there's sometimes the way that, that people talk at home, and then there's another way that people talk in the field, and this shows you what type of person Boaz is by his character. He's a godly man, and, and he is one who, is, well, we'll see by his conduct what that means, but first of all, that the Lord is a, is a moving peace and a moving person in his life. We continue. So Boaz comes in, then he says, Boaz asks the overseers of the harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. This is another trait of Boaz that I think it's very important to, to, to recognize, and that is that Boaz was observant, that he was aware, that, that as he walked into his field, that he knew everyone who should be there, and he knew individuals also that maybe shouldn't, or, or individuals that he didn't know, whether it was one of his foremen or one of the, the lowliest servant girls, that, that he was aware of that, and, and, and not only that, but he wanted to know. And so he was talking to his supervisor about who she was. This also shows what small town is like, because Bethlehem was a really small town. I, I'm guessing maybe a couple hundred people, something like that. It was really small. And if you have ever been in a town that small, I, I think of this uh, back when my wife and I uh, had just gotten married, and we went to a small town, Mobridge, South Dakota. It's a, it's a city of like 1,500 people, to see her grandma. And the next day, in the newspaper, it said Dan and Tanya Salofra went to the nursing home to see her grandma, and blah, 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 and a little bit of our conversation. I'm like, are you kidding me? This really happens? And the answer is yes. And so as you, you think about this with Ruth, understand this is also part of her promise and her service. A small town like that is awesome, and it's horrible. I mean, and if you've ever lived there, you know that. That the good news is everyone knows your business, and the bad news is everyone knows your business. And, and with this, though, Boaz was using it not for gossip or whatever, but, but to know that he wanted to know what was going on in his field. We continue. So Boaz goes over and talks to Ruth. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and, and follow along after the women I have, told, I have told the men not to lay a hand on you and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. There, there's three components to that that, that I want you to, to see. First of all is that go and work with the other women. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. When I was a kid, I had to go collect aluminum cans. That was like, that we were kind of, I don't know, it's not like I thought of ourselves as poor, but if I wanted any extra money, 
The only way I was getting it was collecting aluminum cans. And so we'd go like to the baseball diamonds and stuff like that, and we'd pick them up and uh, whatever. You get as many cans as you can riding around on our bike. There was something about collecting aluminum cans with my brother or sister that made it a little more bearable. That at least you're not the, as you're reaching in, that you're not the only one there. There's, you, you have a feeling of at least someone's in this with me. And Boaz seems to recognize that. And so he says, you know what these other women that are doing it? Don't do it separate from them. Don't be in a clique. You know, they're not going to be a clique separate from you. But you're, you're part of it, just like you're working. Second thing he offered her, and, and this was a, 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 just a very real thing, the men are not going to lay a hand on you. That as she's there, she has no one to protect her. And, and Boaz knew that, and he know, knew what it would, could be like in those fields and, and with someone not to protect her and just the problems that could come. And, and Boaz had already had that conversation with his men. And the final thing is, when you need a drink, uh, go and get one. So he's offering her refreshment. And it seems like what is happening is Boaz is treating her like... She's an employee because that's the way Boaz viewed her. And the reason why is Boaz knew that Naomi was related. And he's basically telling Ruth, if you're serving Naomi, you're really serving me. And and I'm going to treat you, therefore, like that. Now I want you to, to picture Boaz for a moment. I don't know what Boaz looked like, neither do you. But you see his t-shirt? He's got a great t-shirt. Boaz t-shirt says, I heart Bethlehem. And so as he loved Bethlehem, he was a blessing to his workers. He was aware of what was going on and he was protective of those who were weak because He loved Bethlehem, period. And he knew that as he served individuals in that community, he was serving the community as well. As we look at this and as we think about our service, and now I'm talking about our Boaz-type service, to recognize that we serve our community in the same way. We'll get there again in just a moment, but let's continue for now. He's talking to Ruth. And he says, I've been told about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. I think those are the most beautiful words of this whole lesson. And I'm going to read the last one again. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wing you have come to take refuge. Have you ever been in a situation where you have served and no one noticed? And it went on year after year after year? I'm looking at individuals who are here and, and I know, first of all, there's a bunch of parents. Parents know what that's all about. Congratulations, it's Mother's Day. Yeah, one day out of the year, you get recognized. Yeah, 
Nice try. Father's Day's coming up. Yeah, not so great. But, the, uh, but I look at that. I look at teachers. I, I look at whatever job you have that you act with integrity, that when no one's watching and you do what is right, I have news for you. Someone is watching. Someone's always watching. And I'm not God I'm talking about on the one hand, but I guarantee you other people are watching as well. That when you do what you do, that, that as you serve because you love Levine, as you serve because you love your family, as you serve because you love Crosswalk, and, and you, it's a thankless job that no one seems to notice, it not only is noticed, but it makes a difference. It made a difference in, in the life of Naomi, and it was also inspiring to Boaz as well. We continue. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here, have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men, let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some of the stalks for her from the, from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. Okay. Here's the question then. At what point did it, did it go from, his teacher go from we heart Bethlehem to I kind of like Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> that that as, he, as he, it seemed what was happening is that Ruth was growing on him. And as a matter of fact, Ruth even asked, it's a verse that I didn't include in here, Ruth asked him, why are you doing this? Why, why are you being so generous to me? And what he pointed to was that, that point with the service, I've been watching what you do, Ruth. The reason why I am being so generous to you is because I see how generous you have been being to Naomi, and, and you inspire me to want to be generous and, and to help you out and to help her out. And, and so, as we, we, we look at this thing, we don't know from the text whether this was any type of a romantic love at this point. And the more and more I read it over, I would tend to say it was not, but that he really, really liked her. And, and that he really liked what he saw in her heart. And, and her being a servant and, and someone that he liked to be around and, and someone he liked to have in his field as well. So as you think about Boaz, let's, let's fill in the blank. Boaz was a reflection of the God he served. He extended God's blessing. He was aware, aware of what was going on in his surroundings. He was protective, and he was kind. And that's the last part, that kind part, where he, over and above, that, that, that if he would have just let her stay there, that would have been enough. But now, going, going more and more, doing so much for her. So now we go to, to Ruth. And, that, and, and it says here, so Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Now we're finding a little more about what Ruth was like and, and this whole work ethic that she had. So she was there first thing in the morning, 
When sun was up, she was there. Now she's there all day long until evening, until it's dark. And then the next, the next sentence, then she threshed the barley that she had gathered. So all day long, you're gathering all of this stuff that she had uh, also probably bundled it in some way. And, you know, if it was me coming home, I'll let someone else thresh it. You know, I've been doing this all day. I, I'm going to go take, you know, lay down for a little bit, take a nap, take it easy. But that's not what she does. It's so how industrious she was that threshing it. And if you don't know what that is, that means that she took it and she started beating it against a, a, a rock or whatever they used. And then they would get the kernels to come out. And at this time, then she was collecting these kernels about probably the size of a sunflower seed or something like that. And, and she then had to gather these up off of the ground. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. An ephah, all of you know, I'm sure, ladies and gentlemen, when you cook, you go in and you're measuring, you have an ephah, you know, a cup, half cup, and an ephah. Uh, No, you don't. An ephah was about a five-gallon bucket, maybe five and a half gallons. I want you to think about this for a minute. Five and a half gallons of sunflower seeds. And I want that you have to go pick up stalk by stalk, almost seed by seed. And, and it'll give you an idea of, of the, how much she got in that day and how generous they were. So it says she carried it back to town. So, so now she's going back to town from the field and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. So Naomi wasn't stupid as she saw her come back with five and a half gallon, five and a half, five gallon bucket that she could barely carry back into town. Naomi's thinking, what's going on? I mean, this was five, ten times more than, than someone would normally get. She saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also, Ruth also brought, what, uh, brought out and gave her what was left over after she had enough to eat. So she had eaten lunch, saved what was left over, and brought that back for supper for Naomi. Her mother-in-law asked, where did you glean today? That, that Naomi knew that something was going on. Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she knew immediately that something had happened where where Ruth was taken care of. Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. Boaz being generous, Ruth being hardworking and industrious, doing what needed to be done to serve her mother-in-law and the Lord blessing it. That is, the, that is the simple recipe for service. In the blank, you can write, Ruth was a reflection of the God she served. Ruth was a reflection of the God she served. A reflection of Jesus who came and did so much for us. A, a, a savior who went all in, who serves us by giving us whatever we need. So she went all in on service. She's all in from morning till night. Whatever needed to be done, she did. And her service was a tremendous blessing to Naomi. 
And I have to believe by the end of this day, after all of that hard work, there was in, inside, of Nate, or inside of Ruth a, a feeling that, you know what, I've done some good today and I've helped out and I like it. I like the way that feels. I'm going to finish with the verses from Ruth 2. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not, not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. So Ruth stayed close to the woman of Boaz to glean until the, until the barley and wheat harvest were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. And what that is showing is the continued blessing that, that Ruth was, that this was ongoing, that this went on day after day until the harvest was done. I don't know exactly how long, but as long as it took. So Boaz has the t-shirt, we love Bethlehem. Ruth has the t-shirt, I love Naomi. And we have t-shirts that say we love Levine. For the end of this message, I want this to be the beginning of a conversation. This, this message is not going to have a... Uh, an aha moment and a silver bullet by which all service now is brought together and we all live happily ever after. As a matter of fact, this is the start of it. And I'm starting it by asking you to ask the questions in your life. And I'm going to start by asking you about Levine. Look at this page and go up to Boaz as a reflection of God. He extended God's blessing. How do we love Levine by extending God's blessing? As we get out today, we're going to all go by the gate, and on the count of three, we're going to go one, two, three. Bless you, Levine. God bless you. Okay, maybe that would be a little weird. But crosswalk is a blessing to Levine. And as we, Phil and I talked about it and we were there, how we can help them, I'm telling you the one thing Levine needs most that we have is Jesus Christ. I mean, really. I, and, and I'm not diminishing, you better still give to the 100 Club and you better, eh, whatever. If, you're going to respond and you're going to serve and help these people who are in need. Be generous with your service and with your gifts. But we need to be generous with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is going to happen on a day-to-day basis in your life as you are loved by him and as you share that, that blessing in your life. And don't hide it, but, but give it out to a community that's starving for it. Next is we need to be aware. And I think this week, we're more aware than we have been in a long time. Levine has too much crime. Go on the crime pages and, and see, we have problems in Levine. And, and if you don't think we're part of the answer, then what are we even doing here? We are part of the answer because we have Christ with us and Christ in us as we serve. And so be aware. First of all, we need to be aware of what the problems are. And that might take place with Levine Community Council or other organizations where we sit down with people who aren't even part of Crosswalk and begin the dialogue about how we can help with what we have. Next is we need to be protective. Maybe you feel like you're in a safe neighborhood. I used to think that. Uh, 
the reality of it is, is we need to look out for one another. We do. We need to, that awareness comes the protective as well, knowing our neighbors and, and, and being loving towards them. The next one is be kind. That as we show kindness, not, not just to, and that's great, we need to do that to our police officers. But we also need to be kind to those who need the kindness most. Uh, those who are hurting, suffering in our town. We need to go all in. And we need to realize what a tremendous blessing we are. You have been served. God has his shirt that said, I heart the world. Jesus has his shirt that says, I cross the world. All of those are a reminder of how you have been loved. Now may you go from here with questions. And, and in your lives, begin to find answers of how you can serve. Serve even in loneliness out of thanks for what God has done for you. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you have given us the book of Ruth to, to just give us a window into service and, and love. And uh, Lord, in the same way that you use people like Boaz, who was a man of means, and, and, and Ruth, who had no means, the reality of it is, is that through all of their service, both of their service, you brought blessing. And so, Lord, we have so many diverse people in this place today. Uh, some might have more financial means. Others have none. But, Lord, it doesn't make any difference because all of us can serve with the gifts that you have given us. Send your Holy Spirit to guide our hearts, to guard our hearts, and to mobilize us for service in your kingdom. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Yeah, I love that song, I Will Follow. And as Ruth followed Naomi, the, the ways to serve became pretty obvious of what she needed to do. And as we follow Christ, the ways to serve also, when we keep our eyes open, will become obvious what we need to do, like loving Levine and, and loving those people in our lives. So as you go from here, go, go with that encouragement and go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.